When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You ask me to explain why I am afraid of a draft of cool air. Why I shiver more than others upon entering a cold room and seem nauseated and repulsed when the chill of evening creeps through the heat of a mild autumn day. There are those who say I respond to cold, as others do to a bad odor, and I am the last to deny the impression. What I will do is to relate the most horrible circumstance I ever encountered, and leave it to you to judge whether or not this forms a suitable explanation of my peculiarity. Just a minute! Can I help you? Mrs. Gibbons? Who wants to know? I'm... I'm Agatha Howard. We spoke on the telephone earlier. About your room for rent? Oh, yeah. You're the writer, right? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I work for a small magazine in Tin Pan Alley. Must be a small magazine if you're looking for a room on this end of 14th Street. Oh. Well, I think this is a lovely brownstone. The marble and woodwork... I'd guess it dates from the 1840s. Does it, Mrs.? Yeah, probably, probably. Come on, I'll show you the rooms. Uh, It's up on the fourth floor. You don't mind a little walking, do you? Uh, no, (laughs) of course not. The neighborhood may not be much to look at, but I run a respectable establishment. No callers after 8 p.m. And if you have a young man in your room, the door stays open. Oh, I'm sure that won't be a problem, Mrs. Gibbons. Room's fully furnished, bath just down the hallway, linen's changed every Tuesday. Now, if you want meals, it's an extra fin a week. Breakfast at 7 o'clock, dinner at 6. Lunch, you're on your own. Understand? Yes, ma'am. I'm sure that will be just fine. Well, this is it. Oh. It's... uh, It's quite spacious. You like it? Well, in that case, let's get you settled in. Mrs. Gibbons, what's that sound? Sound? Yes, that, that sound, like um, like a motor of some sort. It's the gentleman upstairs, um, Dr. Munoz. Dr. Munoz? Yeah, a real live doctor. Come all the way from Spain. He's been here for, oh, God, going on ten years now. Is he a practicing physician? Nah, he's retired. Though he does take care of folks in the building when they need it. Won't ever accept any money for it, either. Dr. Munoz is a perfect gentleman. Kind of a weird duck, though. You know that motor sound? It's some sort of refrigeration machine and runs on ammonia, I think. 
At least that's what I smell when I go past his rooms. Really? Why, whatever for? It's a very temperate spring day. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, something to do with his illness. Can't stand the heat. So he's got that big refrigeration gizmo and takes some sort of funny-smelling chemical baths. Oh, that poor man. Oh, oh, but don't worry. You won't catch as much as a whiff of him down here. And Dr. Munoz is as quiet as a mouse. The motor's not that loud. You'll get used to it before you know it. I- I'm sure there won't be any trouble at all. So, uh, you'll take the room? Yes. Yes, I will, Mrs. Gibbons. Ah, you won't regret it, Miss Howard. Now, let's get you settled in. Over the following weeks, Mrs. Gibbons' assessment proved to be quite accurate. For whatever the noisome chemicals might have been used by Dr. Munoz in the treatment of his illness, I was never able to discern them amidst the myriad of other odors in the boarding house. And he was indeed most quiet. His footfalls were soft and measured, and he appeared to have no visitors other than a delivery boy who brought him groceries on occasion. The solitude in which the Spanish physician lived was an almost palpable thing. Or perhaps it simply seemed that way because it so closely mirrored my own. For just as Dr. Munoz was isolated by his unnamed malady, I found myself alone in New York through a combination of natural timorousness and the asthmatic attacks from which I suffered at frequent intervals. It was one such attack, more violent than usual, that caused me to first make the acquaintance of Dr. Munoz. Yes? Who is it? My, my name is Agatha Howard. I live just below you. I need help. Please, come in, Miss Howard. You are having trouble breathing. Do you suffer from asthma? Yes. I have a draft that should be most efficacious. Please, sit, Miss Howard. Breathe this in as deeply as you can. After a few moments, it will become easier. And here, wrap yourself in this blanket to ward off the chill. Thank you, Doctor. Now just breathe while I take your pulse. Oh, I, I, I beg your pardon, Miss Howard. I sometimes forget how chilling my touch must be. It's... It's quite all right, Dr. Munoz. And besides, it is I who owe you an apology, coming at such a late hour. No apology is necessary, Miss Howard. Illness does not consult the hands of a clock. In any event, I sleep but little. A consequence of my own ailment. Yes, Mrs. Gibbons mentioned that you have an... An aversion to warmth? Mm. No, not an aversion, Miss Howard, for I deeply miss the wave-lapped shores of my native Valencia. The sensation of the late-day sun on my cheeks. (laughs) No, I do not prefer the chill of these rooms, except 
in comparison to the alternative. The alternative? Oblivion, Miss Howard. For my condition requires me to avoid sunlight entirely and to maintain temperatures not to exceed 55 degrees. And so, here I must remain. Oh. Well, your... your rooms are sumptuous. You appear to have an ample library. Volumes in at least a half dozen different languages. And your collection of artwork is... Oh, it is most impressive. Velasquez, Murillo, and that... Oh, why, that's a Goya! As prisons go, this is a most comfortable one. But a prison nonetheless. You appear to be a most well-educated young woman, Miss Howard. Are you an artist? A writer for a small magazine. I just write copy part-time. I moved here after graduation in hopes of writing for a major publication. But it hasn't worked out that way, I'm afraid. There is no need to be embarrassed or disheartened, Miss Howard. You are young and clearly courageous to have made your home here in pursuit of your dreams. <laughs> I suppose so, Doctor. Thank you. You must have a great measure of courage yourself, to have left Spain behind and come to a foreign land. Alas, while our respective journeys have brought us both to New York, our ends are diametrically opposed. While you, Miss Howard, came here in pursuit of your dream, I sought to... to flee a nightmare. A nightmare? What happened? Uh, oh, my, my apologies, Dr. Munoz. That was an impolitic question. It's quite all right, Miss Howard. The question was not impolitic, but the answer might be. Not long after the onset of my present condition, some 18 years ago, my wife passed away. After that, I wanted nothing more than to put an ocean's distance between myself and Valencia, in the hope that I could leave the memories of what had transpired behind. A vain hope, as it turned out. Your wife? Oh, I am so sorry, Doctor. So am I, Miss Howard. So am I. But I do thank you for your concern. Of course, Doctor. Uh, how are you feeling? Mm. Much better, Dr. Munoz. Again, I am most grateful. And I apologize for disturbing you at this hour. Not at all, Miss Howard. Thank you, Doctor. I... I should like to call upon you again, if you wouldn't mind. Mind? That would be a great delight for me. You are welcome here at any time. <laughs> well then, until later, Dr. Munoz. Until later, Miss Howard. Whether my initial impulse to befriend the invalid physician was driven by pity for his plight or by my own feelings of loneliness soon became a moot point. 
For as frail as his body was, his intellect remained unaffected. Dr. Munoz was nothing less than brilliant, capable of conversing most eloquently on all manner of subjects. Literature, politics, philosophy, the arts, the very nature of existence. And though the permeating chill of his rooms never ceased to leave me with a sense of foreboding, not wholly explainable by the readings of the thermometer, the man's gentle nature abated my fears in large measure. After some six weeks of nightly visitations with Dr. Munoz, I summoned sufficient courage to query the courtly Spaniard about one subject in particular, a certain medical theory that he had mentioned in passing. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Well, I am delighted to hear that your editor is finally recognizing your skills. You very much deserve the opportunity to write your own articles, Miss Howard. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Munoz. Doctor, there is something I have been meaning to ask you. My dear Miss Howard, you may ask me anything you wish to know. Well... In a number of our conversations, you have alluded to the strength of the human will and how through properly directed concentration, virtually any malady could be overcome. You seem unusually certain that your theory is correct, Dr. Munoz. Indeed, I am, Miss Howard. In point of fact, it is as a direct result of said theory that I am here today. What? You mean... Before the onset of the great illness 18 years ago, the one which led to my current state, I had been engaged in research with an esteemed colleague, Dr. Torres. I was absolutely convinced that the key to eradicating sickness was to be found in the human mind. So, we began researches that encompassed not just the latest in modern medical and psychological knowledge, but all manner of arcane lore, from pharaonic Egypt to snow-shrouded Tibet. We discovered that there were alternative means of preserving the nerves, the very body, and that therefore it might even be possible to continue existence even if the internal organs themselves were to fail. At length, 
I was convinced that we had discerned the key to prolonging life itself. Surely you can't be serious. I am most serious, Miss Howard. Our theories were soon put to the test by my own illness. Dr. Torres, although agreeing with certain of my conclusions, disagreed vehemently with other, more, more radical ideas. So, it was left to my beloved wife to assist me when my condition had deteriorated to an extent that left me incapable of even speaking. Thanks to her ministrations, I was able to regain the majority of my previous health, with the only side effect being my utter lack of tolerance for temperatures in excess of 55 degrees. However, the strain was too much for her, I'm afraid. Oh, I am so sorry, Dr. Munoz. I, I shouldn't have brought it up. Oh. No need to apologize, Miss Howard. Not an hour goes by that I don't think of her. And nothing that you or anyone else could say would make it more difficult. That said, I'm feeling rather more fatigued than usual this evening. Would you mind terribly if we adjourned a bit early? No. No, not at all, Doctor. Thank you, Miss Howard. You are most dear. Perhaps tomorrow we will have some news of your first assignment. I certainly hope so. Well, I look forward to hearing of your impending good fortune. Until tomorrow, Miss Howard. Until tomorrow, Dr. Munoz. Over the ensuing weeks, as we advanced further into summer, it became apparent that Dr. Munoz was slowly but unmistakably deteriorating. The livid aspect of his countenance was intensified. His voice became more hollow and indistinct. His muscular motions were less perfectly coordinated. Of this sad change, he seemed by no means unaware. A state of affairs that made his plight all the more pitiable. At the same time, I also experienced no small measure of guilt, for though our friendship continued unabated, I could not help but fear a, a sense of subtle revulsion every time I stepped through his door and was met with a blast of increasingly chilled air. Ah, oh, Miss Howard, please come in. Hello, Doctor. I was able to procure those exotic spices for you. Where would you like them? Oh, excellent. On the table, if you please. What is that, Dr. Munoz? Incense? Indeed, it is. A particular Egyptian incense. Identical in formula to that found in the vaults of the Valley of Kings. Just another part of my obsession with becoming a sepulchred pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> the incense used by the pharaohs was said to have certain 
preservative qualities. Qualities that I hope will be of benefit in regards to my own condition. I realize that the aroma must be most pungent, particularly given your asthmatic spells. For this I do most sincerely apologize. Oh, it's not so bad. Do you think that the incense and and these spices I purchased will alleviate some of your, um, difficulties? Yes. I believe they will help. And, in truth, they cannot make my situation any more dire than it already is. The incense and spices, the, the chemical baths, they will be of some small help in the preservation of my tissues and organs. But the, the key is in the regulation of temperature. And I fear that I'm nearing the end of what can be done. As you have no doubt noticed, I have slowly been lowering the temperature in my rooms. As of this moment, it is 48 degrees. Eventually, I will reach a limit to what can be accomplished by means of refrigeration. But, but what if we were to acquire an even more efficient refrigeration machine? One that could lower the temperatures even further? Unfortunately, the limitation is not in the machinery but within my own fleshly shell. At a prolonged temperature below 32 degrees, the bodily fluids themselves will freeze solid. Oh, so how long do you have? I am uncertain. Six months at the very least, perhaps much longer, should my condition stabilize. Do you think that it might stabilize over time? It has in the past, and it may do so again. And in any event, there is little else that can be done. Dr. Munoz, I hate to ask this, but are there any arrangements you would like me to make? I'll help in any way I can. All of my arrangements were made 18 years ago. <laughs> but I do thank you for your offer, Miss Howard. Not at all. But enough of these things. Please, allow me to offer you some supper. And then you can tell me of your latest good fortune in the magazine trade. <laughs> thank you, Doctor. I... I would like that. The end came in the middle of August, during a heat wave of stupefying intensity. One night, at around three o'clock, I was awakened by the sound of Dr. Munoz rapping frantically on the floorboards. Dressing with all haste, I rushed upstairs to find that his refrigeration machine, the one thing that stood between him and the grim specter of death, had ceased to function. 
The elegant physician's condition was deteriorating rapidly, and he refused to even allow me entry. So I resolved to find a mechanic competent to repair the device and to provide Dr. Munoz with a supply of ice as a stopgap measure until repairs were effected. Keep your shirt on. Who's there? Mrs. Gibbons, it's me, Agatha Howard. Sister, you better have a good reason for getting me out of my bed at this time of night. Is there a mechanic in the building? What? A mechanic! Dr. Munoz's refrigeration machine has failed, and if he doesn't get it repaired soon, he could die. Oh, well, there's Charlie Crowley. He's a car mechanic. Lives right across the hall. But he ain't gonna be too happy about getting up at 3 in the a.m. Please, please, hurry! What in the world? Hey, hey, do you know what time it is? Mr. Crowley, please. I need your help. It's a matter of life and death. Okay, okay, calm down. What seems to be the trouble, miss? Dr. Munoz, on the top floor, he's a very sick man. He has this, this refrigeration machine, and it stopped working. Please, please, can you repair it? Well, can't it wait till morning? I I have to be up at six o'clock, so... No! Without the device to keep him cold, Dr. Munoz will die! All right, all right, I'll take a look at it. Just let me grab some tools. (sighs) Thank you, Mr. Crowley. Is Charlie gonna fix it? Yes, he just went upstairs right now. But until the repairs are completed, I'll try to keep Dr. Munoz cool with ice. Do you know where I can find a sufficient supply? At this hour? Um, well, you could try the Fulton Fish Market. Now, they keep the fish packed on ice, right? So they could probably spare a couple blocks for a good cause and should be open pretty soon, too. Oh, oh, that's an excellent suggestion, Mrs. Gibbons. Thank you. I'll go there right now. Oh, Mr. Crowley, is the machine working again? Uh, the piston arm is shot, the piston itself is seized. It's going to require a complete rebuild. What? No. No, how long will that take? Probably half a day. I mean, I can't even start without the parts. Well, well, can you get them? What, now? It's special equipment. I can't just get it from my garage. You have to find the new piston assembly at a supply house, and even if you knew where one was, it's not going to be open for hours yet. But Dr. Munoz doesn't have hours. Look, I... Miss, I'm just a mechanic. I'm not a miracle worker. If you get the parts, I'll install them, but I I can't make them appear out of thin air. All right. All right, I'll get the parts. Mrs. Gibbons, can someone go to the fish market and, and procure as much ice as possible? Well... Mrs. Gibbons, please! I... I guess I can have my husband get the ice. Hiram! I'll get back as soon as I can. The rest of that morning was a blur of subway transfers and cab rides over the whole of Manhattan. Frantic pleas to supply house owners to open early and check their inventories. One disappointment after another. It wasn't until nearly noon that I had acquired the necessary parts and returned to the boarding house. What I found there will remain seared in my memory until the end of my days. Mrs. Gibbons? What, what's going on? Oh, merciful heavens! 
Dr. Munoz, is, is he all right? All right? All right? Mrs. Gibbons! Just after you left, I sent my Hiram to the fish market like we planned. Well, he had a little trouble there. Oh, they were willing enough to give up some ice. But getting it back here was another thing altogether. But finally, Hiram was able to borrow a hand truck and brought a 50-pound block back. But when he went upstairs to Dr. Munoz, oh, merciful heavens, oh, what he saw. What? What, Mrs. Gibbons, what did he see? Hiram, hi. Now, he fought in the Great War, and he saw some terrible, terrible things. But this doctor, it, it was like he was falling all to pieces and the skin dropping right off his bones and the stench. The whole floor smelled of rot like a charnel house, and Hiram came bounding down the steps, screaming like some banshee about what he's seen and... That's all I got out of him before he bolted out the front door and he ain't been back since. Dear God, don't go up there! Don't go up there! What I found in Dr. Munoz's room was this. A kind of... of dark, slimy trail led from the open bathroom door to the hall door and thence to the desk, where a terrible little pool had accumulated. Something was scrawled there in an awful blind hand on a piece of paper hideously smeared, as though by the very claws that traced the hurried last words. Then the trail led to the couch, where it ended unutterably. What was or had been on the couch I cannot and dare not say. But this is what I shiveringly puzzled out, on the stickily smeared paper before I drew a match and burned it to a crisp. The end is here. No ice. The men took one look and ran away. Warmer every minute. And the tissues can't last. I fancy you know what I said about the will and the nerves and the preserved body after the organs ceased to work. It was good theory, but couldn't keep up indefinitely. There was a gradual deterioration I had not foreseen. My wife realized it and the shock killed her. She couldn't stand what she had to do. She had to get me in a strange, dark place. When she followed my written instructions and nursed me back, and the organs never would work again, it it had to be done my way. Artificial preservation. For you see, I died that time, 18 years ago.
dear ghost, dear ghost, dear ghost. This is a true story. There's not much point in inventing ghost stories. Anyone can do it. It's rather like playing a game whose rules one has made up without telling one else what they are. The event I'm going to report took place in a glorious blaze in the most marvellous summer in living memory. England. The summer of 1921. Good it was that summer to be alive. But to be young was very heaven. I was as old as the century. Twenty-one. Biotechs. The new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McKay. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotech removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cup stains. Ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cotton, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. There are plenty of people still alive who will recall the endless procession of golden days. 1921. Its unclouded dawns. Its magnificent noons of blue and gold. Its days sinking into warm, noble evenings full of the promise of another day of the kind of summer one dreams about, but seldom gets. I was living at this time with my parents in Taunton, and they, knowing my ways, were not at all put out when I went off, saying I would write when I found out where I was going. I had never been to Crome Stratford. I read its name and decided. I made up my own fantasy of characters. I was the only passenger to alight, four o'clock in the afternoon. The whole earth drowsed pleasantly in the heat. Crome Stratford! Crome Stratford! The station master wore a cap of golden braid, but it appeared he was doing duty as porter as well. It was good to be 21 at Crome Stratford in the sun that summer. Crome Stratford. Afternoon, sir. Ticket, please. Good afternoon. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, I want to stay here for a while. Have you any suggestions where I might put up? Put up? Well, uh, there's a bell in. That's if you don't mind a bit of jollification on market days and Saturday nights. Oh, well, you see, my stay is going to be quite a long one. I think I would prefer private accommodation. Mm, 
You go out of the station, there. You go over the bridge. You'll see four houses in a row. They're called Sevastopol Terrace. Now, you call at number two and ask for Mrs. Wayne. Tell her I sent you, Mr. Jolbury. I think you'll find she'll fix you up. Sevastopol Terrace consisted of four red brick cottages without elegance of any sort. They could not have been more ordinary if the architect had entered a...